You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to the show with Jack and Doreen as your hosts today. And uh, Doreen is going to lead us off here with uh, another one of her jokes. All right. Um, Our first guest in the second half hour is Alyssa Borms from Minneapolis, Minnesota area. And Alyssa, you have a chance to answer this riddle. So... Okay, great. Okay. Um, Okay, let's see. What was I going to ask? Oh, these are back-to-school themes, and you're a teacher, so you might easily be able to get this. Why did the freshman eat his homework? What was the first word? What does a freshman eat his homework? Why does a freshman freshman eat his homework? Uh, I have no idea. Jack wants to answer. Should we let him answer? Yeah, let him answer. Okay. He didn't have a dog. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a great answer, but it's not my answer. The answer is because the teacher said it was a piece of cake. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. I have, I have students coming back on Monday. They're, oh. they're coming back for orientation this weekend, or this week, oh. and then uh, classes on Monday. Oh, okay, well, Alyssa, our listeners have already been able to hear your voice, but I would like you to, if you would please, introduce yourself to those in our listening audience. Sure. My name is Alyssa Bormas, and I am a teacher at Chesterton Academy in Hopkins, Minnesota. It's a classical uh, high school, and we are joyfully Catholic. It really is a joyful place. I teach ninth and 10th grade theology, which is mostly scripture, and I always say that I have the greatest job because I get to teach the greatest story ever told. Amen. Yeah, amen. It's fantastic. And actually, the kids are so uh, excited to learn, and it's it's beautiful to see their minds sort of blown uh, as things start connecting together that they hadn't known before. So really beautiful. And uh, all I can tell you is there's great hope in our youth, believe it or not. Yes, I do believe it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go to Mass every day. The kids actually love it. Uh, and we offer confession every day, and and we don't we just offer it. And the, there's a line of students every single day it, in, in the sense of if you build it, they will come. If you offer it, they will come. So great hope in the youth. Oh, they're just and then also, it Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is so beautiful. It's humbling for me to see, and it reminds me, um, how our youth are looking for um, a reason, uh, something they can hang their hat on, you know, and something they can count as their foundation. And often we don't offer it to them, so then they don't seek out um, faith. But when we offer it to them, they eat it up. It's beautiful. There's something in them, don't you think, Alyssa, that resonates deeply when truth is proposed. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I would think. And, Go ahead, Alyssa. Oh, I was just going to say, they're dying for truth. Mm. They're dying for it. They're not to be just gray area all over the place. And actually, uh, especially our young, have a very um, a clear sense. They don't need everything to be muddied. They love the sort of 
uh, here is the truth, and this is why this isn't the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I would think that they, you know, with all of the secular influences that they have to deal with outside of school, mm-hmm. that when they come to a, a school such as yours and they find out what the truth is, they've got to be absolutely delighted with uh, the faith that they've grown up in because it mm-hmm. makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool to see. They love the truth. They love the math. Um, one of the things that has happened at Chesterton Academy is years ago, the kids wanted to learn how to chant the parts of the Mass on their own. They wanted to learn that, and they began their own scholas. So we have a boys' scholar and a girls' scola, and the boys chant the communion part, and the girls chant the offertory part. Um, and then uh, different, you know, we have a cantor every single day. But this is all student-driven. And people come to our Mass, so we have a Mass in the middle of the day, so it's a nice daily Mass anyway, so parishioners and people from around come because it's the most beautiful Mass driven by the students. They serve, they read, they canter, and they have the scholas, and they're incredible. I'm I'm spoiled. I'm blown away by that message. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, Before before we go on, I know this isn't supposed to be the heart of the content today, but I really, really hope that you can be on more. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Yes. Could you tell us in a nutshell, what is the philosophy of the Chesterton Academy, the educational philosophy, if you could say it like in a nutshell, because that's probably yes. a whole other show. But you know. it, uh, Chesterton will say it well, is that we're going to teach the youngest students the oldest thing. <laughs> and um, and, and that, we don't teach them the newest things because they're fads. We teach them the oldest things because they're tried and true, and and they're and truth. And we teach them truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm-hmm. And the kids eat it up. Where they did, actually eat it up. I'm. I believe you. Where does the curriculum come from? Is it is it, there a published curriculum that is for these academies? Yeah, absolutely. You can go on ChestertonAcademy.org, and you can see our curriculum. But it's a curriculum that's been used for eons in classical schools. So we have all the humanities. Uh, our students take four years of theology, philosophy, um, I'm missing something, uh, literature and history, mm-hmm. and then they take all the sciences and the math. They all take math. They all have arts for four years. They have choir for four years. Our choir is our whole student body. And then they um, also take drama for three years. And the sophomore year, they do a comedy. The junior year, they do a drama, which is often, um, often our plays, the junior and sophomore plays, are original works because it's hard to find, it's hard to find um, works that have enough meaty parts for many, many students. And so, Dale Alquist, our co-founder, he often writes the plays, and uh, it's incredible. We have it, and then there's senior year they do Shakespeare, which is amazing because as they're doing the play, they begin saying everything in sort of a Shakespearean way, even in the hallway. <laughs> of course, they really do. Funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Alyssa, I think we're going to have to cut you off here because Dreen wants to go back to school again, and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I don't want to have to go through tuition anymore. <laughs> 
It's so funny. Yeah. Well, when I retire, I'm coming back as a student. No <laughs> and kidding. I wanna, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, um, okay, switching yeah. gears here, I guess. Um, not, our, a, not a smooth transition a smooth going transition. on here. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so um, I was at the wine conference last week, uh-huh. and that is where I met Alyssa. Had the great grace of checking in at the hotel at the same time, <laughs> which was, I think, a God thing. <laughs> and yeah. um, and then we had the opportunity to visit again the morning after the conference. Excuse me. And um, and I just felt compelled to invite Alyssa to be a guest on our show because she has uh, she just has a an incredible story in many different areas um, to share with us and all involving that golden thread of faith through you, know, you might want to explain the acronym wine yes i'll let i'll let Alyssa do that because that, she's very involved it's, with, it's w-i-n-e yes <laughs> that's very funny yeah it's w-i-n-e yeah. it stands for women in the new evangelization and um <clears throat> it doesn't really have to do with the wine we drink although that's you know, we're not opposed to that, but it has to do with John 2, 5, where Mary says her last words in Scripture, and she says, do whatever he tells you. And at the wedding feast of Cana, uh, she's telling the servants, do whatever he tells you, as in Jesus. And um, that's really where we take everything from. It's a national uh, women's movement, and we are ministries. And we do conferences all over. Doreen, you were at A Tale of Two Vineyards, where we go out to a wine vineyard and have this incredible event. Teresa Tamio was there speaking. Our founder is Kelly Walquist. Of course, she was there as well. And um, what we want to do is bring women into the faith and meet them where they're at, that they have um, a relationship and uh, the, the big thing is that we have a relationship. We're created to relate, as Kelly Walkless always says, and um, that we are radically relational as women. And so we're meeting women, and once we can hold each other in friendship, we help each other with our relationship to God. And it was truly an experience of all of those things. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I would really encourage other women, you know, in the future to to take part. It was it was a great grace. A friend I, invited me, and I thank her, Tammy, for that invitation. Otherwise, I would not have been there. So, yeah, I think another thing too, and I'm thinking to like men's organizations, but women, I think the same thing. And uh, in the culture that we live in, I think. Uh, uh, Christian men and women, and Catholic in particular, need to know that they're not out there alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know it's so important. That, that's to... the biggest thing. When you're when you feel you're alone, you feel hopeless, and that's what we're trying to do is to give hope to the world and to heal this sort of battered um, body of the church. Right, and it it gives us that that courage to. Um, to be who we are, to be who Amen. the people that we are created to be. Uh, I know Doreen came home charged up after the the, the conference last weekend. <laughs> well, our yes, our whole group did, and I'm sure that every woman that attended felt the same way. Um, in our communication since the 
conference or the the women in the new evangelization um, tale of two vineyards, we um, Alyssa, you shared with us about a book, a very very special children's book, and after the break, that's where we're going to um, put our focus. So. Um, state for our listeners we're going on break i'm not used to doing this thing jack usually does this um after the break we'll talk more with Alyssa about a very special children's book that will touch your hearts this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the real presence radio network Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the Church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present— And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Okay, you are back to the show, as he said, and uh, your hosts today are Jack and Doreen Kennelly. We're talking with Alyssa Bormas right now about the women in the new evangelization, and more specifically, we're going to talk... Uh, about a book that you wrote, Alyssa. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, it's called The Mother of Jesus is, is Wonderfully Real. Mother of Jesus is Wonderfully Real. And I'm just going to tell you right off the top that you can find it at catholicvineyard.com. It's right on the first page. If you scroll down, you can find the book. So I didn't write it exactly. I orchestrated the whole thing. Um, it happened. It's a true story. Uh in 2010, my little niece was six years old. It was right about now. I mean, this may well be the anniversary of the writing the first note. Um, 
she had come home from a secular day camp, and she was so proud to have been wearing a little necklace with Mary on it. And the girls at the camp teased her that Mary isn't real. And they said it over and over again and made her cry. And my sister, my, her mom, couldn't comfort her. And so she called me, and I thought, well, I must have something to say. Of course, you have to give it a shot anyway, even if you can't. And she came over, and I couldn't comfort her. And I said to her, do you remember Father Murray? Um, he's a good friend of mine. He's a Dominican from Rome. He's an Irish Dominican who lives and teaches in Rome. And he's uh, sort of world-renowned. Um, and he had been in town that summer, so we all went to dinner. I said, do you remember Father Murray? Yes. And I happened to have his little book on the Hail Mary that had just come out in 2010. I said, well, this is his book about Mary, and he wouldn't write about Mary if she weren't real. Do you want to write him a letter? Yes. So she writes him a letter, and he writes the most extraordinary letter back. And he writes it right to the heart of a six-year-old. And he starts with... um, just saying, I'm delighted to hear about you. Sorry about the trouble at school. And then he talks about how her letter reminds him of a question uh, he had when he was a small boy, right? And about his teacher teaching about love and his dad explaining um, that love is uh, the most important thing. The teacher saying it's the most important thing, the dad agreeing. But he wanted to know, well, why can't I see love? And this leads into... Um, his dad saying that some of the most important things in life we can't see or touch or feel, but they're still very important. And now he's explaining to Isabel how Mary, uh, like our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents we've never seen or met, but they're real. Most of us have never seen Mount Everest, but we know it's real, right? And so that Mary even though she lived in the distant past, doesn't mean that she's not real. And my favorite line in the book is, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is as real as apple pie and pink flamingos. (laughs) And uh, it's so beautiful. And on this page, we have a laughing Mary. You've never seen a laughing Mary. She's so beautiful. And, yeah, and so this is why um, Isabel is willing to wear this medal of mary it it goes on um we talk about it talks about different um uh sightings of mary that mary is has only been seen by a few people but one of the things um that happens is he says truly wise people can see with an inner eye that's another secret a lot of people don't understand the name for this scene is faith another word for it is belief jesus talks a lot about it to his friends He said, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed, Mm -hmm. and that this is why she's able to wear this necklace of Mary, and and that Mary is very fond of her. And it's so so piercingly beautiful. I wish I could just read the whole thing, but it's so piercingly beautiful. His letter is written to a six-year-old, but as you read it, your heart is just grabbed. And uh, what happened is I I read it to her, and, of course, uh, he was completely taken. And after reading it to her, I said at the end, what was your favorite part? And she said, he called me one of the blessed. 
just that wound healed. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is so. And don't we all long to hear those words? Yes. 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 And then, um, of course, her mom loved it. And then I read it to my mother, my stepfather, and my brother were in town. And I read it to them. My brother John had a little tear in his eye. Mm. My stepfather Jim was a lot more choked up and couldn't talk. And my mom said, I wish we would have had a book like, I wish we would have had that letter when you were kids. And between my mother and stepfather, there's 17 kids. (laughs) So (laughs) experts, right? Yeah. And um, so I begged Father Murray to let me write this as a book. He finally consented, and we found this incredible artist, uh, uh, Bernadette Galkowski, and she does watercolors. The book Mm. is beautiful. It is not cute. It's Mm. beautiful, and it's serene. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the things. Children's books right now are the page is full of stuff to make your I dance around. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's not. This one is calm and beautiful. And uh, anyway, we've we've had incredible blessings from this book already. I'm going to read you one thing that somebody said about it. This gorgeously illustrated and splendid, splendidly written book will be helpful to any young person struggling to understand spiritual truth. Get it for your child, your grandchild, your godson or goddaughter. And when you finish reading it to him or her. Savor it for yourself. And our first endorsement was from, was from Bishop Barron. I love that, savor it for yourself, because as you were telling the story, mm-hmm. Alyssa, all I could hear was, unless you become like a little child. Mm-hmm. And that this was written from a question that came from the core of this little girl um, mm-hmm. and written for her, but we all need it. <laughs> oh. Yes. You know, that's exactly it. I, Doreen, I have to say, every time I've read this book out loud, because often I'll just read it out loud this Sunday. I'm going to be reading it out loud in Wadena, Minnesota. Um, but every time I read it out loud, people have tears. Mm-hmm. And the healing that has happened from this book uh, and conversion, frankly, already, it's only been out for not even a year. It came out last November, almost December. And um, the, the one of the comments we got a week after the book was out was from Michelle in Texas. Her uh, daughter-in-law wasn't, she's Protestant, and uh, my, this woman, Michelle, who I found out later is a friend of mine anyway, um, she was reading it to her three-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, and her daughter-in-law was listening in, and at the end of the book, she said, now I understand, because she always thought that we you know we're nuts about Mary. You know that we mm-hmm. don't that we have it wrong. But then her Protestant daughter-in-law understood, and then she said, "Will you teach me the rosary?" Oh wow! <laughs> this That's little amazing. book, yeah, yes, it it it's already a classic. Um, it it brings tears. Men and women cry when they hear this book. It's so beautiful, and children adore it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we've done, too, is we've um, made a uh, sort of a craft project story time uh, whole event. It's 90 minutes, and you can download it free from com of how to have the book, read it, have questions that go with it, prayers that go with it, 
a craft project that goes with it with mostly everything you already have in your house. And um, kids adore it. And the, the coloring project that we have that goes with it, you download the coloring page, has Mary with her hand out. And it's a picture from the book, but now just a coloring outline. And uh, we always ask the kids to give Mary a gift or to put themselves, you know, holding Mary's hand. And so this little boy who uh, was maybe five or six, whatever age you are when you lose your front teeth. <laughs> which is <laughs> five or six, so yeah. Cute. <laughs> yeah. And he drew himself giving Mary this book because he loved it so much he wanted to give it back to Mary. Oh. And then he drew himself in, in there, handing it to her. Oh. oh, awesome. Do you use it with I, your high school theology students? My kids love it. They love it, and oh, yeah. They they um, it, it is piercingly beautiful. I mean, it's just what Bishop Barron said: is get it for uh, your children and then savor it for yourself. It is so deep. Uh, Father Murray has a gift in the ability to communicate and write, and he comes right in for your heart. Um, he used to be a spiritual director and confessor for Mother Teresa, and he's also a poet. He's a, um, in uh, uh, mysticism. He's an expert in uh, Western mysticism and all sorts of things, and he's a giant, and that he would take the time to write to this little girl. He could have easily just ignored that mm-hmm. email or, oh, she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He wrote right to her heart, and it's just a testament one, his generosity, his understanding how how deep the wound could be, and then the book of coming from this is it's healing for all sorts of people. And the ripple effect well, from that yeah. one act of love. When I think of its origin, where her friends at school were kind of making fun of her, uh-huh. what a light in that kind of darkness this thing is. Yes. Well, uh-huh. Alyssa, we have to thank you uh, kind of quickly. we got the music coming up for a hard break. Uh, we've been talking, listeners, to Alyssa Bormas, and uh, we hope we can have you on again because I know Doreen says we got to have her on more than once. <laughs> so thank it's you again. Deal. And stay tuned, listeners. Up next, we'll be discussing the harvest and how it is important to our life and faith. 